commence primary ignition. This is Star Wars. Look out! You may fire when ready. From the bright center of the galaxy, I'm Rex Kondak, and you're listening to Core World News, your holiday news service providing in-depth coverage of all the latest stories from around the galaxy. Now, here's a new segment rundown for July 17th, 2022. Kyber Crystal Comics Corner. Now, your host, Bannon Grant, to review the latest comics from Dr. Afra. All right, thank you very much, Grex. Um, and welcome everyone to another week of Core World News. We regret to inform you that Adam will be with us this week. He's too deep into the unknown regions for Holonet transmission. Um, so uh, it's just Grant and I today uh, covering this amazing Dr. Afra arc. It's good to be back with Afra, right? Like it's been it's, a while. It's so good. And it, it, feel, it doesn't feel right doing it without Adam. I not, know. He's not going back to Barleth with us. And that's that's tough for me to think I, about. But We'll do it. We'll do our best. We'll cover the, uh, I think we're going to cover, what, 15 to 20, probably dive into Ish. 21, too, because, yeah, we'll, we'll just, we'll play it loose. It's like, I had to read 21 after 20. I think we discussed, like, five comic chunks of, of review, and, but I, I had to read 21. It was just, it, the, the uh, you know, the cliffhanger at the end of that, of 20, just, it, it just calls for reading 21, yeah. and, uh, yeah, and I'm just super excited about this run. I think Alyssa Wong is killing it. Like, it's as... This is as good or better than the Spurrier run that I've fallen in love with and I hold dear as one of my favorite runs in all of Star Wars comics. And uh, I love uh, this run. I love diving into the archaeology. I love diving into the past uh, at, at Barleth. I love all that stuff. Like, it's just, it's so much fun. And, like, the ensemble keeps growing. Like, just keeps growing yeah. in this comic. Like, we just yes. meet more and more people. Now it's, like, these sort of, like, uh, the network that, uh, of contacts that Af Afra has is just, like, you know, three times the size it was in, you know, recent comics. It, it's awesome. There's there's a huge cast of characters now. And I love each one. I think each one's different and unique and adds so much to the story. Like, I can't wait to dive in. Yeah, indeed. And, it, yeah, it dovetails in with the rest of the um, the Crimson Rain in run or the, you know, Crimson Rain arc um, as well. And uh, so we get some characters, some crossover there, some old people, you know, some old characters, some new characters. Um, but then just, yeah, like a classic Afro story. It's got, you know, um, you know, Sith lore, um, a lot of artifacts that are dangerous. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, and this takes us all the way back to her college days, which, yeah. um, which is, you know, they haven't touched a lot of, but uh, they don't do it very often, but they did it in this arc and it's, um, it's pretty great. Yeah, this is the uh, most I think, seen, right? It's like they do flashbacks now and again, but I think yeah. we get like full on. It's almost like I think it was a 20 or 19 just really dives into it. And it's it's great. Like yeah. I love uh, I love the university days. I'd almost argue that might be the best timeline to uh, explore a Dr. Afra TV series or a Disney Plus series for that matter. Right. Um, not that they need to have a live action Dr. Afra. Yeah, series, no, but it's, it's not like a should, should. It's like it's more of like this would be cool and. This era cool. of her, like, you know, developing and becoming the monster manipulator, as Sana Staros calls her, like, like for yeah. that to all be developing and see that in action would be really cool. And I love her, her posse in those days, like Eustacia and Sana and a new character we'll be talking about shortly that I'm very excited to dive into. That, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, it had a lot of like Hogwarts energy, uh, like Barleth, uh, University there it was pretty pretty funny 
and uh, we meet one of her professors, which uh, seemed like an important uh, person in her past, but there are countless important people in Dr. Epper's past. Um, Sava Inglant. Inglante Nas, right? Inglantine yes. Nas. Yeah. yeah, Inglantine Nas. Yeah. Yes. Uh, very Sabanas. long name, uh, but fitting for a sort of headmaster, uh, head of uh, occult studies at, at Barleth University. Uh, yeah. Such a cool character. And funny to see a Twilik, like an, almost like an aged Twilik. Yeah. Like you always see Twiliks are always so young and they're spry. And like this, this is an older Twilik and she is, she's sad. Wizened. Savagely insulted by Afro. Oh, so savage. <laughs> yeah, Afro really throws out some zingers in this. Oh, your flaky yeah. leku. I was like, oh. <laughs> True turds. Jeez. Yeah. Old, yeah. Although Sava doesn't seem like the nicest person in the world. No, no. She's, I think, deserves some of those those comments given her treatment of Afro and her friends. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, should we dive into the beginning of all of this? Should we should we talk about the um the the end of War of the Bounty Hunters, the end of this whole the, the Crimson Rain uh sort of like gala that that occurred and and sort of uh I guess the heist that took place on the Vermilion uh, over Jakara and Afra and Sana are like just trying to escape. They get captured, they're now trying to escape. Yeah. Uh, the I guess 15 just starts right off the bat. Deathstick confronts them. Deathstick's trying to take them out. Deathstick uses like poisoned uh, like um, kunai, like ninja. Yeah, so yeah, it was pretty sweet. I was like, okay, she's increasingly cooler by the by the issue. Uh, love that character. Yeah, I mean, it's, it seems a little excessive. She can already kill with the the flingy <laughs> metal things that she's throwing at people, but she's like, no, I'm a I'm a cover those in poison just to be sure. <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah, and it apparently kills you in ten minutes, and that's uh, that's duly noted by Afra, who. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> who then uh, finds uh, this new technology, uh, a device, uh, Ascendant Tech, it's called. Uh, it's from an ancient civilization. That it's ancient cult. Another ancient cult. cult or, ancient cult, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> cult. Um, and I guess they were trying to sort of like create technology that would mimic the force or yes. allow whoever uses such device to use the force in some way and uh, also achieve greater things that we'll get into as the issues kind of yeah. go on. We learn more about the tech and what the ultimate point is, but she picks up a thought dowser. Thought dowser, yeah. Turns the tables on death stick, makes death stick stab herself with her own poison blade, tells her, yeah, about the 10 minutes, you, you've got 10 minutes before the poison. <laughs> and then she bolts and she leaves and cool standoff with uh, just lucky and, uh, uh, Ariel. Uh, yeah. Ariel. Ariel. Yeah. I like Ari. Uh, Let's call him Ari. Yeah. Ari. Let's just call him Ari. Uh, Ariel, you and uh, Just Lucky basically, I, I think they're helping Afra and Sana, and then they kind of like they, they get in a standoff, and Afra, you know, sabotages their ship, and uh, Afra and Sana are out. Yeah. Uh, pretty cool first uh, introduction to the Ascendant technology, the Thought Dowser device. Uh, what were your thoughts about this kind of new lore that's being added? Well, I love it because give me a new Sith cult every day of the week, please. Like I'm, I'm, I'm in for it. Um, also, it's a double-edged sword, um, uh, even though it's not really a sword, but the pun is probably in there anyways. Mm -hmm. It, uh, it fries her arm and it fries her like arm tech, like right. uh, by yeah, using we should, it. Yeah, because when she uses it, we should talk a little bit about what's going on with Afro when she does pick up this sort of like dark cursed sort of uh, artifact. And it's that 
she feels like a presence almost like uh like some sort of like uh entity and then she feels like the power kind of corrupted her she felt like it was uh it was almost like too easy it was too satiating yeah. she really liked using She's like i don't even have to think that hard i can just make yeah. you stab yourself like easily yeah yeah and, and then basically the, the power of the device is that it can manipulate someone's mind and uh cause them you know you can basically whatever thoughts you have of them doing they'll do it in real time yeah. pretty it's pretty uh, disturbing and it can be used for pretty horrific means uh and that's exactly what Afra says she uh, i guess song is like let's grab it let's bring it to domina tag like she's the one who sent us to go get these artifacts and Afra's like, can you imagine what someone like, like what's what tag if someone like Domina Tag gets a hold of this? No way. <laughs> no way. Absolutely yeah. not. And, I love um, that sort of fire with fire. She's diving into the dark, dark artifacts. She's using them at a cost. But being in the sort of like in the thick of occult sort of uh, archaeology, she's keeping the occult items and artifacts away from the true like evildoers of the galaxy. I, I really like that about Afra. Yeah, yeah, she does. She, I mean, she's completely unafraid of harming herself, um, which she does often, but um, she generally doesn't want the wider galaxy to be hurt, um, which is that's what's beautiful about this character, right? She just walks that very, very fine line between like an hero, anti hero. You know, she's had her good moments, she's had a lot of bad, probably a lot more bad moments. And like, I wish we saw this in writing in more media of uh, in Star Wars because there I think there are a lot of characters that are like this that could walk this line like Boba Fett or someone like, you know, everyone doesn't have to have this heroic arc. Um, they can you know, there's room for antiheroes doing crazy things. And um, but um, that's the most pretty- interesting thing about Afro, I think, is the tone because it can be like cartoonish antics and then the next scene could be someone getting like you know uh, a hole blown through them by like an ancient you know a device or tech or something just something truly dire happening i just love that breadth of tone where it can be really funny silly and then it can also be devastating and and yeah yeah that's i think that's why dr afro may always live in the comics because that's like this is the only medium you can really get away with all that um yeah, but maybe and it not. sings here. It sings in this medium, yeah. and uh, I just love Alyssa Wong's like comedic writing, like throughout. Like yeah. I think she just this is the funniest comic that's out there right now. I know other comics they have their quips and there's fun little, you know, meta between characters, but this is like truly comedic and like very well written and very funny. Like calling Kofan Ferris like a Sith dipped in. Uh, glitter is like glitter. one of the greatest lines ever. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, right. And it's just really funny. I a smart, uh, I think, dialogue between the characters. Uh, I think that's yeah. just the standout part of this comic. Right. So Afro does need to get her arm fixed, and she can't get it from um, her local uh, guy. Um, oh, uh, Merle. Merle. Yes, thank you. Merle, yeah. the, uh, the toy the best, best slice doc. Yeah. you know in the galaxy or what you know she says he's at least better than the few she can think of and uh yeah and he's uh, uh just for our listeners like he's a toydarian yeah. <laughs> and there's definitely Watto vibes but this was like highly educated smart slicer Watto it was like uh, yeah. you know it wasn't he looked like Watto too which is interesting the blue coloration because I think they can 
Yeah. They can be any color from Clone Wars, and it was just like very Watto <laughs> looking Toydarian. I was like, all right. Um, but uh, yeah. Yeah, so she needs to cool. bargain with that. Actually, this was the the MacGuffin for her for throughout the whole beginning of the War of the Bounty Hunters. It was that necklace that was like each jewel contained tons and tons of um, information, and we finally find out what was in that necklace. Oh um, yeah, so the, the storage cool. device. And it's yeah. the whole Crimson Dawn network, the whole Crimson yeah. Dawn, like the Rolodex, um, like spy network. And I was like, <laughs> yeah. oh, all right, that's really cool. So she uses, I mean, talk about giving Domina Tag too much power. Like she gives, she barters that with Domina Tag to get her arm fixed. How badly did you want them to name every organization that they've infiltrated? Real bad, real bad. <laughs> real All bad. they mentioned was Black really, Dawn. But I, she just says like, "Oh, the, the you know the Crimson Crimson Dawn agents have infiltrated several like syndicates." Or whatever. I was like, "Please name all all of them." Yeah, <laughs> you know, however many that is, please name them all. And uh, right that was, now, that was, I don't care if it takes you five. Find minutes. out that it's like a uh, the necklace, I guess, originated with Black Sun, and it's kind of got the Black Sun. Uh, I guess the most data on it is probably related to Black Sun. Uh, yeah. I think they talk about. You even see like um, Phalene sort of like. Uh, the holograms appear like failing characters appear and um like it looked like prince zizor like it looked pretty i yeah. wonder if prince zizor is going to become canon i guess in clone wars they, there is they, a they sort named of... him what was the last arc we did what was the last comic art we did was it star wars in the um for yeah, crimson rain it was star i think it was star they she named prince zizor um that's like, right like it was just like she talks to the leader but then no one talks to prince zizor like no one like he's he's there somewhere, but like he's not in day to day and he doesn't talk. It'd be fun for Prince Shizor to appear in uh, Mandalorian, like almost after this Mandalore yeah. arc is like a Shizor thing. Cause like, yeah, he feels like Dash Rendar. He feels like a character that Thrawn, like, yeah. would have, or Thrawn. It feels like a character who would have come across Prince Shizor. And, you know, that'd be a fun. That'd be a fun few yeah. seasons. <laughs> yeah, it would. Uh, he's a cool character. It's it would be kind of fun to bring him back. So just shout out to Prince Shizor and uh, hopefully uh, more people read the old Legends books and yeah. dive back into that character. He's great. Um, I mean, it gives like he has like pheromone control. He like controls Leia at one point. Like, there's like crazy <laughs> stuff in the books that uh, I just remember fondly and or just thinking that this was pulpy, great sci-fi goodness. Yeah, he's a fun character. And yeah. more alien bad guys, like more yeah. cool species from around the galaxy as the big bad, because you know it's it's fun to change it up. Yeah, and it's right. Star Wars is rife with it. Let's keep this thing getting bigger. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, of course, Domina then reverts it and is like, "You need to get me. You need to get me more of this tech." And she's like, "Sure." You know, Ever's like, "I'll get right on that." Um, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> my arm here, it's, uh, it's yeah. like, it's, it's fried. Could you, could you, uh, you know, those surgeons and slicers you have in retainer, could they like fix my arm? And, yeah. uh, and that's, she gets an that's upgrade. exactly what she gets. She gets not only her arm repaired, she gets upgrades. Like yeah. her arm is functioning far better than it ever did before. And, uh, that's cool to note, um, for all of us kind of, uh, comic fans. Cause like going forward, I guess the arm is going to be capable of new things, uh, yeah, uh, it's, it's it's more dur durable, obviously, uh, we find out. But um, it's so cool after her arm is repaired and she like grabs a security droid and like instantly hacks into the network. Yeah, that was like seconds. Yeah. What a cool character. Like the slicing doesn't need to be like, you know, uh, a DJ like 
pulling out all these keys. It can just be like seconds and her arm is just that quick. It's yeah, it's pretty cool. And that's pretty useful for storytelling. Like we don't have to almost create a lock picking scene. It's more of just like yeah. she's in there. She gets in the network quick with that arm. We also see in like a random, I think it's the last page of um, issue 16. They just show a uh, Ronin tag in a back to tank sort of <laughs> apropos of nothing. So, oh, like, right. Yeah. yeah. Ronan tag. He's and back. like, he has a great story, right? Cause he was part of the Afra arc. Like, I don't know, 20 issues ago. Like I he think was great beginning. bad for Afra. Yeah. He was great bad where Domina was like, Oh, that was my idiot nephew. Like I'm a, yeah. a businesswoman and I'm going, you're just going to, you're under my employ. And it was more of like, yeah. you can tell she's still uh, a baddie, but it's, there's a, a working relationship with Afra, whereas Ronan, I think, was just out to kill Afra. Like, yeah. I think it was just, yeah. I know somewhere Adam's listening to this screaming, but um, I, I forget where he came. I think he might have been the big bad at the end of the last Afra run before they restarted it. Because remember, they had they went through that thing and they were looking for these rings that would give you like eternal life again. Yes. And, yes. And the, it was like, oh, did they get him or not? And he had them and it looked like he got destroyed, but the rings did, in fact, save his life. He's just covered in scars, but um, but so this is the big return that Ronan Tag had made it out of getting in, like put in an incinerator and destroyed. Um, yeah. He actually did heal somehow. And, and his scars are interesting because they remind me of the scars on Ren, the leader of the Knights of Ren. Like they're almost yeah. identical scarring. Yeah, uh, I don't know if that's on purpose or that's just like the, the, the hmm. how how scars are display are shown and then appear in the comics. I don't know, but it's like the overlaps quite interesting. And it makes me think that maybe Ren touched something, touched some ascendant tech back in the day or touched some ancient Sith artifact back in the day. And yeah, that's how he got scarred. Um, that would be interesting. That's a great story. What's great about Ren is I think there's a lot more to dive in with that character. Uh, and uh, I just noticed that that similarity with the scar. Oh. And, uh, yeah. Good catch, man. Um, um. Yeah, and we did see a flash to um, uh, just Lucky going to a bar, and he's playing with one of those rings that Ronan Tag was That's wearing. That's right. That is so right. It's the ring it from was, that arc. Yeah. Yeah, there was two. I think that's the beginning of Alyssa Wong's takeover. I think her first run had Ronan Tag as the bad guy. They were okay, going so that was the beginning. Temples. I because I remember reading that. I just think that you know we have so much in our heads at this point after War of the Bounty Hunters yeah. that it was like she just died. She just dove right into that War of the Bounty Hunters plot and it kind of like. I think that's just what's okay. recent in our memory. And so that makes sense. That early run, I'd have to revisit it to really talk about each location and what they were after. But um, yeah, he was yeah. a cool bad guy. And uh, it's fun to see the infighting at Tagco, the Tag Corporation. Like yeah. it is cool to see Domina and brings back Ronan. But then Ronan is quick to be like, oh, like. You know, I heard Uncle die, and the funeral was fantastic, and his shares, like, are being passed on to someone, and then, like, you know, obviously insinuating yeah. it's probably her, and then, like, talking about how she might not be around for very long, and, like, how he could assume the company, and all this kind of stuff, yeah. and, you know, she takes it as a, a challenge, and, uh, but she is, like, I have dealt with far worse than you, like, yeah, she's like, I <laughs> and am she the brought tank. him back, so you got, you have to think, what's interesting is she brought him back, and then over the, reading the, I guess, the last five, six issues, it's like she's like, oh, I have I have a quick uh, solution towards like eliminating him if need be. It seems like that she might actually do that. And so it's like it's interesting that she brought him back and then has already found means to eliminate him. Yeah. Uh, by by issue 21. Um, 
it's it's pretty cool. He's a cool he's a cool bad guy. I love the Tag Corporation. They're very powerful. Like they're very wealthy. Uh, they what they build the weaponry. They build, they help build starships. They fund finance a lot of the, the Empire and things like that. Yeah, they're ruthless. Yeah, they're ruthless. Such a cool um, company and such a cool so cool to see um, this sort of like power struggle within the company and then the eternal life sort of plot come back. You know. Yeah. You know some prequel, you know, Palpatine's highly sought mission to find eternal life is like kind of a, it, it, that that sort of storyline appears in this Afra series uh, run, and uh, it's cool to have that juxtaposed against the power struggle for the corporation, where it's like I'm going to live forever and I'm going to run this corporation forever. <laughs> forever. And that is so smart. I think I think Alyssa Wong is very smart to sort of create to not only have the quest for eternal life, but to connect it to Domina Tag and to these people vying for power at this corporation and like trying to be there longer outlast the other person like that is so cool to have that yeah it's not just singularly <laughs> let's find eternal life it's like right. ooh, why would you want this it? is my motivation it's like i want yeah. to hold power forever yeah. because i'm constantly <laughs> yeah. like i mean yeah. we see domina tag like kills a, a potential crimson dawn assassin and like offhandedly in oh yeah this episode <laughs> yes. or, uh, yeah the episode if they cared me. about you they wouldn't have sent you to kill me and like yeah, yeah. <laughs> annihilate this guy and i was like oh like dominant tag is a fearsome uh i guess hand-to-hand combatant like now i want to see dominant tag versus kira now i want to yeah. see when a tag versus uh kofan ferris which we'll talk about i love this character we'll get there <laughs> yeah so- uh, I think we're there, man. We're there, pretty much, yeah. So, um, yeah, that's right. Because so they go in search of uh, what's his name? Um, oh God, it's the guy in Coruscant. Uh, it's like what's his name? Um, Totas Tas Summer, who is the the head of the museum on Coruscant. They go to his estate. Oh yeah, Coruscant Tas Summer Summer. It happened so fast, I sort of... Yeah, I totally... The name is just thrown out there, and I was like, anyone who's on Coruscant, I take note of, because I'm like, okay, so this guy's name is associated with the museum on Coruscant. That's cool lore. Um, I kept that going. But then when they infiltrate that his estate, that is so much fun, because I just... I love the comedic banter between Sana and Afri. So she's like, I wish breaking and entering wasn't your idea of a good time. Like, (laughs) Afra loves... To infiltrate, you know, someone's homestead. Loves it. It's just her favorite thing to do. Yeah. Um, they get in. Well, they found a severed arm from the ground. Like what? Yeah. I was like, what is this horror beat? Like, this is scary. This is scary stuff. This is Afro. This is what's great about Afro. It's comical. There's tension. There's horror. There's levity. It's it's yeah. constant. This constant rotation of themes. Um, yeah. But then Kofan Ferris shows up. There she is, already there, and um, yeah, with another sort of variation on the thought dowser, um, yeah, and she's uh, one step ahead of <clears throat> ahead of Afra. She sort of, you know, she's like, "Here I am. I am your your great, you know, your nemesis. Your nemesis, right? <laughs> like I am." And she's like, you know, of course, Doctor Afra's like, "Which nemesis is this?" You know, <laughs> and and it's an introduction. Of course, it's an introduction to a new character. I kind of love Kofan Ferris half because of what she represents. She's got great sense of style. I do love the Sith dipped in glitter look yeah. that she's got going on <laughs> and sweet. what she's trying to do there. Like it, it's serious. There's look. kind of a Haja Estri element going on with her where she's like faking the, uh, the, um, 
the force basically yeah she's, yeah yeah and using she's magnets. an unapologetic force maker it's not like you know i mean she's like yes i'm a sith wannabe that's what this whole cult did and i'm down right um, and she but she's well learned on everything sith and she's she obviously went to university with afra and sana and eustacia and she studied the occult. She studied what the Sith, and she studied not only the Sith, but I guess this Ascendant tech. And it looks like almost everything in Ko's ship or like dwelling is like Ascendant. Like almost all the tech around yeah. Ko is Ascendant. Yeah, yeah. She, cool. she bathes in it. She's got Ascendant tapestries yeah. in her. I actually kind of love her. her. And it's kind you of like, see her like flop pad in this. It's issue. like golden mechanical sort of tech that that sort yeah. of reminds me of the dwarven tech from like Skyrim and Elder Scrolls and yeah, just kind the, of like yeah, the whip of sorrows which she uses, which is like again the sort of thing. It's like not a laser whip, but it does absorb energy like a Sith would, and it's uh, it's really cool. So I like that half of her, but I also like the way she's illustrated and written. It just shows it's like. Oh, this was the girl that really wasn't popular in college. <laughs> like mm-hmm. she's like kind of got this like she's a little socially uncomfortable and like kind of a dork and like and like still obsessed over something that happened a million years ago. And, like in, you know, from their college days, however many years later this is. And I just think it's it makes her a very well-developed, well-rounded character. Um and in definitely a new flavor of person to like be in orbit around Dr. Afra. Uh, and I think she, it just makes a lot of sense. I, I, I don't know. I just dig this character a lot. Yeah. Uh, but also formidable. Like it's a lot of using magnets um, like we saw in Obi-Wan Kenobi actually. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, but then these like these technological artifacts really do seem to have some spiritual powers to them. Yeah, I really, really, really like her character. Um, I, I can't wait to see what happens. Because, I mean, I've only read up to 21, and that character is still very much involved in yeah. uh, the storyline. And uh, it seems like there's a lot to a lot more story to tell with that character in particular. And we find out she's working for someone. She is. Oh, no, well. <laughs> We're, it's, everyone's working for this someone. Everybody. Yeah, I guess everyone. I guess it is. I guess Kira. <laughs> know it or like, not. Yeah, Kira's payroll must be wild because like almost everyone is working for Crimson Dawn in these comics. And uh, but what's cool here is a Kofan Ferris is actually working with uh, uh, the Archivist, like yes. closely with the Archivist. And it's more of like the Archivist and Co are in league than Kira and Co are, are talking. You know, yeah. it's more it's more with the Archivist. And the Archivist is almost like a Palpatine esque character. Yeah, and, like Co is almost like this apprentice type. Mole character, like it's it's like it's very cool to see them kind of emulate the Sith power structure between the two of them. Uh, I I have to think there's just going to be some super dark event with those two at the end of all of this, like or the Archivist has her own plans or or something. Like it's it seems pretty nefarious. Like I'm ex- they there seem like there's a real worship of the Sith between them. Yeah, and absolutely. That's what's intriguing. Yeah, yeah, that was part of. You know, this is she was brought on. We talked about this in the last um, comic run, which I'm pretty sure was Star Wars um, main run. And we we get, you know, the archivist narrates a lot of that that arc there. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's a fascinating character and definitely has her toes in the force and with the Sith. And, you know, is is the person that, um you know, not mentors, but like gives information to Kira about uh, 
dark matters and and the Sith and everything um, that she's looking to overthrow. So yeah, I mean, she's a really cool character, and um, it it's interesting. And so she wants what um, what everyone else in this wants, which is um, it's called the Star. I'm gonna forget it now, but oh, the Eternal Spark. The Eternal Spark. Yep. Everyone wants this. Everyone wants this. Ronan Tag is found Spark out Eternal. about it somehow. Sorry, How Spark did that guy Eternal. find out about it? Did he did he know about it from like an older issue or something? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I think. Ronan... Oh no, he was studying in the back of the tank. Yeah, <laughs> it's right. like oh, I was researching the company in the back of the tank. He knows about it. Everyone he wants does this know about the Spark Eternal. He wanted those. It was the rings. Was a different uh, yes. li- living forever technology. That's funny. That yeah. was more. It was more lore and like magic based. This is like technological. Question mark? Uh, yeah, I'm. I can't wait to talk about the actual Spark Eternal and what happens there because yeah. that's that's fascinating. But um, yeah. But I guess um, I don't know where we are. Are we now? I think we're around 1920, right? Where they basically are yeah. like Barleth is the location. We got to go back to Barleth. Or I guess I guess there's more. There's more. This is. I think there's a fun issue where afra and son of stars speaking of an old run they go and find the uh the the guy who was running that company that made the fake nile hyperdrives and tried to yeah, sell yeah yeah and it was like oh this guy you know forges you know fake uh technology let's use this guy to put up a listing wow. or uh, send tech have co you know being uh, go after the listing go after go to come to the location and then we'll ambush her and yeah, uh, that's trap. exactly what happens. And then Co fights them off, big fight. And then they find out as Co is running away, there's this fun little kind of poem that goes with the Ascendant Tech that I guess Afra can hear her reciting as they're fighting. And then uh, I guess she also draws out this cool, like she's been drawing that circle with all the dots around it at all these yeah. occult sort of uh, crime scenes. And you see her actually do it this time and cut, I guess, drip some blood on there. It does it with her own blood, I guess, which is pretty disturbing. There's and, definitely uh, yeah, blood ritual involved with running using these uh, these artifacts. Yeah, and then she bolts, and they uh, Afra's like, "We're going back to where it all began, Barleth. We're going to Barleth University." Uh, I and I couldn't be more excited as a reader. I was like, "Yes, we're going back to Barleth. We're seeing the university. We're going in the halls, and not only are we going in the halls like real time, like current day." We're getting a fun flashback to their first days at the university, or at least Ko's first day at the university, and her meeting Afra and her friends. Uh, that was super fun. I loved the yeah. whole like. Uh, I, get the, I guess they immediately task her with like breaking into the headmaster's office <laughs> or uh, Saba's office, yeah. and um, and Saba is again the head of occult studies uh, and archaeology. So yeah, so the most like, fun class there is. Yeah, and so they they go into there, and they uh, uh, Ko gets caught. Um, Saba wants you uh, votes for expulsion, but she's outvoted by the rest of the faculty, and uh, Ko stays on. And then uh, what's cool is that's all juxtaposed against the current day story, where they where Ko returns to talk with Saba, and Saba says, "Oh, the Eternal Spark has been here all along. It's underneath the university." And I was like classic okay. yeah. Sith temple beneath, you know, whatever, you know, yeah. structure is above. If, you, if you're uh, looking for a Sith artifact, look down and <laughs> keep going down. It's, it's underground. Yeah. Check, 
check noted establishments check the and then just go to the basement. <laughs> There's going to be a door, I promise you. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it is cool. Yeah, and, and code to, to what you're talking about, code does feel like the like Luna Lovegood of Star Wars, <laughs> the sort of like Harry yeah. Potter yeah. character. Uh, it does feel like that. And Sava definitely feels like. Uh, just a, a professor who's very sympathetic to her her quirks and her interest in the in the dark science and dark magic. Yeah. Is like would Snape be a like I I can't really mm-hmm. I don't know very well. Yeah, Snape, like it's like if Snape and Luna Lovegood were kind of like yeah had their own little like side story. That's kind of what it feels like with Sava and Co, which is pretty cool. Like I really like that stuff, and I, that's why I think the university days are such a fun timeline for any kind of show or any kind of. Yeah, a story, and so I love going back there. But then you know, they uh, Sava leads Co to the basement, shows her this altar where I guess that the that is the spark eternal, and so this the very heart uh, of this uh, cult. Um, it's called Studies, and uh, then that's where the ritual is supposed to take place. And Sava starts the ritual. Afra and Sana arrive just in time to kind of interrupt it. But um, but Co Kofan uh, Ferris fights uh, Afra and Sana and. Meanwhile, Sava's continuing the ritual. The ritual, she pulls off the ritual. And uh, yeah, that's uh, that's when chaos breaks loose after that. Yeah. And uh, Afra's the one who races to the altar, gets to the altar. Um, and then it appears like a, a beam shoots a hole through her. Like chest, energy yeah. just blasts through her. And there's like a visible gaping hole in her chest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and she dies on the altar. She's like falls face first on the altar. Um, it, she appears to be dead. It's pretty spooky, and then, uh, then the possession begins. She gets taken over by the same entity she had kind of been feeling all along, touching these ascendant artifacts. And uh, we don't know much about this ent- entity yet, but it does create this sort of like armored shell around her torso. Yeah, it's kind of like a really not flattering vest. Yeah, she's <laughs> like half Yuzong Vong at this point. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's a tough look, but um, it looks like and Afra's no longer there, though she is having some sort of inner dialogue where she's trying to get control of her body. And then the the the, the possessed the, the entity possessing her is like, shut up, like, be quiet. I'm, I'm taking you over. Yeah. Um, and then Sana and co fight, fight back. They try to they they try to get Afra to see what Afra's state is. But Afra's like seems gone. It seems like this new entity has taken over and uh, they have to just leave. I think they have to just like escaped because Afra's way too powerful basically like stronger than any like jedi or sith at this point like she's shooting like all like beams from her hands at this point like iron man style like it's <laughs> it's pretty it's pretty cool so um yeah and she can't be hurt either it's like you can shoot her but then she can heal herself with like yeah. bio energy so it's like kind of like a machine that can like yeah reprogram your biology to like heal itself by conservation of energy like it is like it is you know spooky and occult but it's also kind of based in technology as opposed totally to totally it's like the epitome of um a machine's capable a machine's ability to manipulate biotics and sort of yeah. like yeah manipulate biology and so it's like all the tech all the ascendant tech seems to be like uh just highly advanced technology built to manipulate organic life you know like that is that is kind of what it feels like and uh and this is this is no exception it 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 takes over it's basically now latched onto her body so she's got this kind of like metallic 
jagged vest and um and she's not in control anymore and it's pretty scary end of issue where we don't have afra but what makes me so happy is that sana and um co are gonna go find all of afra's they're going search of afra and they're going to find everyone she's ever been associated with right in a fun montage where they go to like see her father i guess they see her father like working on something or yeah uh, or whatever member of her family is left and um and they go to Tatooine to find someone. They go to find Eustacia again. Collect uh, her exes. Big, yeah. And then <laughs> just big reveal, very end, we get Magna Tolvin in a huge full spa- full spread uh, uh, page where it's just like this gorgeous uh, image of her just standing there looking back. Yeah, uh, in her so rebel is, commander outfit. Yeah, and this is, this is Afro's, I guess, uh, I guess greatest love connection. I, you know, she's obviously had you know, many flings with people, but like, I think there's no stronger connection than with Magna Tolvin. And so it's very fitting that they go to find her right at the end. And it's so cool. Yeah. And so it'll begin. So, um, man, yeah, it's, it's going to be another great run here. This is, seems like maybe her most perilous problem she's run into yet in Mm -hmm. like all the runs, like, um, and it'll be interesting. It's going to be the sort of cadre that usually surrounds her chasing her mm-hmm. and uh, trying to bring her back or at least stop her because who knows? It's uh, She's going to probably cause a lot of problems. And who knows what's even motivating this, uh, the possessed Afro? Like, well, does she want power? Is she going to go after Domina Tag? Or like, you know, what is this entity that's possessed uh, Afro want? Uh, it's good. Yeah, that, that'll be fun. That'll be fun. It'll be fun to learn a little bit more about the Ascendant um, cult and yeah. sort of what that all means and the connection to the Sith. And they came to power during the Sith reign, which I caught in the comics. Like, okay. They say that. And the Sith reign, that, that means a time in the galaxy when the Sith were the supreme power, right? Yeah. That's pretty cool stuff. And that's a pretty cool acknowledgement in the canon. I'd die to learn more. I'd love to see a story around the Sith reign. Like I, I want to know what's going Sith. on. Oof, right. yeah. Don't tease me with a good time. Yeah. <laughs> Which would be incredible. kind of funny because the Ascendant aren't force wielders, yet they were running the Sith. Which is sort of wild. They're like technological wielders of power that could do everything the Sith could do. Um, so... That's a whole peck of... And it seems trouble. that the whole... The, the, the sort of poem about life eternal was all just a ruse to sort of get someone to, to a host for possession yeah which is that's a big thing to note from reading these issues is like it seems yeah. like there's the, the entity that's taken over afro is very devious and um, looking to possess just the next the next host and therefore has kept this ritual around that's cool i'd love to know more about that um yeah yeah, I mean, I love I love what Alyssa Wong has done after War of the Bounty Hunters. War of the Bounty Hunters was a little shaky. I think there was just too much going on. I couldn't really like focus on like one storyline. Yeah. I was kind of like, Kira and Vader are gonna fight, right? <laughs> oh my god, they're fighting. They fought. That's <laughs> kind yeah. of like all I was thinking about during that entire run. But so many things happened, and now there's just a little bit. It's it's nice to get Afra back in her own series, just doing her own. Know, archaeological expeditions like that is i love that stuff yeah absolutely so. yeah we can sort of focus and drill down on um on the various lore missions of uh of afra 
Um, there is, yeah, they were pretty light on the Crimson Dawn stuff. We did get them sort of recruiting uh, Just Lucky and Ariel to their cause. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, mostly it was just you're in occult temples um, dealing with funky artifacts uh, for, you know, we actually did cover his seven issues here. But um, we're sort of when Adam's away, we get to decide what a run is, I guess. Um, but uh, yeah. It's um it's a great time. It's a great it's a great series and I can't wait to just gobble the rest of this up. Yeah. I, I do love Dominic Tag as sort of replacing Vader as the sort of like yeah. uh, uh I would say like main obstacle for Afro or I guess employer sort of controller person who's who's uh holding Afro hostage within within these contracts or whatever, like just sort of like being the one who is the I guess posing the greatest threat to Afra because I, I mean, like, that character is so much fun. Like, Dominant Tag is as fun as Vader, uh, or more fun just given you're, get, you're getting to see a new side of the galaxy, these corporations, uh, you know, yeah. how this Tag Co. can be, what they're, what, they're, uh, what they're trying to achieve, what she's trying to achieve. I love that character quite a bit. I hope uh, she continues on. And I don't imagine she's going to go down without a fight, and I don't imagine she's going to, you know, uh, there's going to be real consequences, I imagine, with, with Dominant Tag. Yeah. So, I, it would be heartbreaking if we lost anyone in Afra's uh, cadre. You know, like if we lost someone, I would be that would truly hit. You know, that would hit pretty hard. Yes, yeah. and she's capable of doing it. Like Dominant Tag is uh, sinister and calculating. Like she could do it. I'm calling it. We're gonna get uh, Domina v this uh, this monster that has possessed um, Afra. They're gonna meet head on at some point. Cause it just makes sense. It's like, you know, they need to flex and show how strong uh, Domina is. And um, yeah, I, I just think that's where the, the monster is headed, but we'll see. Yeah. That is cool. Um, yeah. It was fun to also see the sort of like strange artwork that's associated with the ascendant, like all over Kofan yeah. like dwelling, like that was cool. Um, it definitely reminded me of like Mull's tattoos and sort of death of Miri tattoos and stuff like yeah. that. And I was like, okay, there's like a lot of, really fun design with the ascendant i hope they keep exploring the kind of gold mechanical tech and then also yeah. the, the kind of strange symbols that associated with them it's, it's it's cool stuff so i love what uh they're building there yeah they name checked um Ur-Katat, i think is the name of it is the yes the, the language the right? language it's the sith language that's what was written on the uh blade um in um sorry in rise of skywalker yeah uh, yeah. Uh, Ochi's Ochi's blade there is written in uh, I think it's Urkatot. Oh, very cool. Yeah, uh, uh, that's I, I cannot wait to talk about Shadow of the Sith with you guys. Yeah, I've I, been digging in on that now. Very excited to talk about that because there's a lot going on with the Sith in there, and you learn a lot about Ochi. And I think it's I think it's beautiful characterization of Ochi in that book that it slightly different from the comics like you feel the same sort of like snarky uh i guess like uh, uh out bandit outlaw you you still feel that snarky outlaw thing going on yeah. but like there's a more sinister side to ochi that i think is explored in that book that i i really think is cool and so uh, i can't wait to dive into that we'll do that soon um, yeah two weeks uh not next week but the week after we're oh, gonna do that with, so. it, with a special guest which should be good yeah, and I, yeah, I've got lots of notes. I can't wait to just uh, parse over that book with you guys. There's, there's so many cool little fun tidbits in there. And the canonization of cool 
you know, dark side lore that is yeah. very, very fun. Uh, I've been loving, I've been loving that book. I'm going to actually, when we're off this, I'm going to go dive back in. <laughs> it's very, do the back it's very cool. through beautifully written. Yeah. I think Adam Christopher crushed it. Uh, and it's, for me, it's a little upsetting that we didn't get a lot of that in the sequel trilogy. Like I almost feel like whatever Luke and Lando and Lorsan Santeca and Luke and just like whatever these people were doing is so intriguing that like yes. it's begs to be almost it's it's begging to be filmed. You know what I mean? Like it's just begging. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And there's some stuff in there that is like yeah, we'll talk about it off air because like I can't wait to just like I see how far you are in the book and where you're at and uh uh, yeah, very exciting. Yeah. Right on. Can't wait to review it. Well, um, awesome. Uh, we hope you enjoyed uh, reading these comics. And if you didn't, you enjoyed our synopsis. Um, and uh, yeah, these comics are great. Afro is amazing. Um, we will be back next week, hopefully with the full team. And um, until then, may the force be with you. This is Grex Kondak signing off. For the latest breaking news, follow at Coreworld News on Twitter and Instagram. Thank you, and good night. Remember, the Force will be with you, always.